Hey, Sean, I think we'll call this Take Two. Take Two, fucking laptop shit itself. Take Two, laptop shit itself. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the ASAP podcast, episode 20. The big 2 Sean. Happy birthday. 20.2. Fucking 20.2. Fuck's sake. Folks, just just where we're starting off. That's it. Just where we're starting off here on episode 20. Like, it is a bit of an outmark hitting this far. Um, The fact that we've we've lasted 20. Um, We've actually, if we count a few bonus ones and stuff in, we've probably broke about 23, 24. But we're closing in on 1,000, Adam. 1,000 players on Spotify. Closing in on 1,000 players on Spotify. And then we've got... The pod being episodes like we don't even know what numbers they're on anymore. Pod being has been deleted, it's it's wiped out of existence. Um, so not, not, pra- not if anybody else wants to use it, but just with us, we, oh, we yeah, with us, we don't, we don't, we don't use it no more. So, um, like thanks very much, everybody who, who is continuing to listen. Um, thank you to all the regulars who listen to every episode and anybody that just happens to drop in. Hope, hope you enjoy it. Please continue to listen. Um, sure, the shit out of it. Tell your mates, tell your your mas, your aunties, your uncles, your dogs, anybody. Um, we don't anybody with here. ears. We don't discriminate here, um, no. unless you're a United fan um, or Everton. Um, so or, I'm, I'm going to announce now that the former guest Scott Connolly will not be back on in the near future. <laughs> um, but folks, again, honestly, thank you very much. Um, means a lot to us. Um, the fact that we're getting getting so far um, with fuck all knowledge of what we're doing. <laughs> um, nine times out of ten, me and Adam's winging us. Aye, like uh, that's because uh, Tony's uh, that's for his girlfriend. Says Tony, it's stuff, but no, it's just that Tony's Tony's that's just for the woman. And um, also, I, I hear he's talking to other people, and we're not happy about it. Um, I think Joe, Joe Rogan's <laughs> been tapping him up, <laughs> but uh, no, Tony's been a great help to us when he has been here, so we can't really without oh, Tony, wouldn't, without Tony, wouldn't be where we are now. Um, we wouldn't be able to sit here and and have the content sounding as good as it is even without him so Tony's, big, Tony's the, the brainchild Tony is the man behind the scenes that we, makes we, sure we planted the seeds and we we watched we watered it let it grow Tony that's just, it Tony harvested the seeds that's it and uh, so, produced us into what we are currently only to get better hopefully in the near future that's it folks we we plan to improve and improve and improve um, God knows what we're going to do to improve it probably just talk more shake like um, maybe Maybe it's a blast in that last one sort of cut off because we talk a lot of shit about football. And I, <laughs> I know, we, don't, um, we don't want it to be... We're, we're trying to cater for everybody. I don't want to be sport highly, but we got a rant out of the road. We got, you, everybody did, everybody's missed the rant. Yeah. Um, but me and, me and I, it's out of the road now. Um, I, I'm still... I was eating biscuits in the last one. I will continue to eat biscuits in this one because they are <laughs> sitting beside me. <laughs> I've decided <laughs> to uh, treat myself to a Fanta Limon. Fanta Limon. I've got a bottle of water here as well. Um, so it's not very often I have a Fanta Limon, but uh, Bernadette decided to bring it back from the spar. So Fanta Limon will be consumed throughout. Happy days. And a Guinness glass. Oh, lovely, lovely. No ice, uh, so, but no ice. Oh, you make do what you got. Well, you make do what you got. Yeah. So, folks, again, this is an off the cuff episode from myself and Adam. No real plan here. Go to talk shit. That's what I. That's what I think we done wrong at, at the start. We we had it too much like a radio station where we're trying to have well, our own order and trying to time it and all this carry on. It's just because we didn't really want to. By trying not to sound robotic, we sounded more robotic. I think. So if we, if we talk for half an hour, to half an hour, if it's fucking two hours. It's two hours. We don't give a fuck anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, that's just what it is. I, mean, I, Adam, I find our our shit talk episodes 
Like, if you look at the Natalini episode and the one we done talking about fucking ducks, speaking of ducks, we'll get on to that. I sent you a wee photo earlier. Uh, then, yes. Uh, so, if anybody has listened to the Shy Talk episode, uh, me and Sean had like this massive, <laughs> mad spin off fucking TV show that, about two ducks. What was it? Dave Ke- or Brian or Kevin? Or- Gary and what was yours? Gary and Lance. Gary and Lance. Uh, so, I was at Tanakmore Gardens today. And nice. uh, there's a whole we'll lot. We'll, we'll get the photo up on the on the, on the socials after. Oh, aye. There was a, there was a whole <laughs> lot of uh, Indian runner ducks, and I spotted two. They've just been just been perfect for our TV show. So, uh, we, we don't we have did we think of a name of the TV show? Duck Duck Goose. Like, where's the goose coming That's one of the villains. What the duck? Duck Duck Goose, but the goose was like the bad guy. For duck's sake, they're doing it right. for all duck kind. Duck kill. Oh wait, what's the actual thing? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can say the mighty ducks, but sure, that'll be ripped off too. Like, what the quack? What's the quack? Shams. Shams. Aye, there, there we go. Find, find our, find our. Oh fuck! Jesus Christ! I follow one today. Yeah, uh, we find our ducks. Uh, Sean, what have you been up to this week? Um, had a wee handy work week this week. Um, off Monday back holiday, and then I booked Friday off to help my mates move house. Um, so that's really all weekend. That's what I've done. So this helping them move from one house to the other. Aye, uh, uh, myself as Nicholas last night, Tanakmore Gardens today, and uh, just watching Vikings, man. What a I show! You got, I believe you got lost. Got the crack. I did. Yes, that would be correct. Uh, I got lost in probably the worst maze. <laughs> the smallest maze in the world? The smallest maze in the world. I got lost. And do you know how I got out? There's a hole in the fence. Uh, yeah. I, I, I cheated I to get out. So basically, if anybody uh, local has never been to Hanover Gardens, there's a maze. Uh, and I managed to get lost in it. Uh, I blame my brother, Michael. Did you get to the middle at least? Oh, we got to the middle. I have no problem getting to the middle, Sean, as you well know yourself. It's getting back from the middle. That's the hard part. Uh, I blame Michael. Right. Me and him were I what I believe would have been a formidable team when it came to uh, tackling the maze. Right. As we got to the middle together, but as we were leaving. I took a few steps in front. Now, a few steps in front to me, compared to Michael, are probably like Jan's feet because he's small and I'm, I'm tall. So I took a few steps ahead and I was talking about a turn around and he was gone. He took a different turn. <laughs> and I thought, actually, this is the worst maze in the world. I thought I'd take a wee dander. Round and round and round, dead end. Okay, round and round and round, dead end. Started to feel a bit claustrophobic. I didn't like it. And then they all sent the kids in shouting, Adam, where are you? So it's, it's quite humiliating when you have a group of uh, three to seven-year-olds running back into a maze to rescue you. Uh, but it all went well. I'm here to tell the tale. It was a traumatic experience. I will be going to see a counsellor about it. Uh, I did get a scrape up my back going through the hole in the heads to get myself out, but it was a risk I was willing to take, and I was met with fanfare as I got out. But it was a traumatic experience. So thanks for bringing that up, Sean. No problem at all. I had to bring it up once. 
once you start talking about talking more gardens and I seen the video of them all cheering when you came out, it was like, I guess it'd be a mad tonight. You brought this up. Yeah, no, it, it was it was funny night. It was it, it's it's a a dark but it's a dark memory. Yeah, I don't like being claustrophobic, and I never thought I'd be claustrophobic in an open air maze. But here we are, Sean. I have a, a burning question that I wanted to ask you. Oh fuck, this doesn't sound good. Do you believe in aliens? Yes, hundred percent. You do. One hundred and ten percent. Do you know that there is a lady in England who? Claims she has been abducted by aliens 52 times and has bruises to prove it. Oh, right. So, folks, this might be a new segment that we're going to uh, trial. Um, I'm going to read maybe one or two random news stories of the week. So, while I'm reading this out, maybe Sean can find one. Easy. Just just something random. Got one already. Oh, there we go then. Happy days. So, a British woman claims that she has been abducted by aliens 52 times and has the bruises to prove it. Paula Smith, age 50, that age, believe in aliens, but anyway, says her first extraterrestrial experience happened when she was a little girl. Since then, she claims she's been abducted more than 50 times. Okay. So she's from Bradford. Uh, and she assured images on social media. And she says the images were caused or the bruises were caused by, by aliens. She also drew a picture of an alien to show people what they look like. And for anyone who will be watching this episode on YouTube when it does go up, that is your generic alien that everybody would say think aliens look like. So oh, that's Paul. That's Paul the alien. Yep. It's Paul. Or it's just if you left the space radar outside too long. Yeah. Uh, there's no warning, you can't sense it, it just happens, is what she says. Uh, all I can do is carry on as normal, otherwise I'll go crazy. Paula claims that when she was on the craft, aliens showed her technology we didn't have. Right. They showed me a slideshow of pristine scenery, which had a beautiful river, which then turned black. The sky went blood red. I soon realised it was a movie of Earth being destroyed through man's greed. And she showed this picture of there the bruises. Right. Uh, have you called bullshit yet? I think it's more the fact that she said that they're using the Microsoft PowerPoint for a slideshow. <laughs> Microsoft PowerPoint. Like, <laughs> yeah, because that was the real thing that really made you think she was bullshitting. Like. Advanced technology, Microsoft PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paula, who works in the transport sector, claims to have returned home with a triangular bruise on her face and a fingerprint mark on her arm. Uh, her first the experience, she said, was in 1982. Yada, 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 we get the picture. Um, I think she needs to lay off the acid. I think she's had some of Paddy's magic stew. She may very well have had Paddy's magic stew. Um, I, I think that she has froze Paddy's magic stew and takes about the odd time. Freaking madness. Fuck me. Elite Red. We'll get on to the topics of aliens for a few minutes. I don't think they're real. Right, the reason why aliens are real, right? right. <laughs> Here we go. Here, here's Sean's TED Talk. So, you think about it, right? Our, our wee solar system, the Milky Way, is one solar system in a bigger, bigger system. <laughs> right? Very, I don't artic- know what- very, you put that very articulately. I don't know what the fuck 
is bigger than the so I don't know what's after ours. Like, is it just a bigger solar system, whatever the fuck? Um, but our the Milky Way is part of a bigger system, and then that system's part of a bigger system again. So if we have the planets that we have, and then there's all these other solar solar systems within the bigger system, surely one of them has fucking other life on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And let's be honest, some of them life forms are probably like them cunts on Earth are so stupid, we'll just leave them alone. Aye. <laughs> you know, they're they're fucking agents over there. They're fucking killing themselves. Or turn on the six o'clock knees every night going that. Let them be at it. But another staff has to be other life forms out there somewhere. Somewhere. Do you think there's like a parallel universe? Do you think of maybe some other universe there's like a wee green version of me and you doing this podcast? Whoever's oh, part of the universe or not, but I definitely believe there's life forms out there somewhere because there's no way we're alone in this fucking in this fucking whatever the fuck we live in when you take it into all the systems. Aye. Uh, you know what I mean? Like there's no way we're alone. So well when you put it like that, suppose, but surely if there is more technology technologically, I can't fucking speak, technologically advanced compared to us, surely making a trip here wouldn't really be a problem though that's why area 51 so so secretive you don't know what the fuck's in there i was then again that's, that's a government run thing as well like so they're the government's corrupt as it is so it might just be a ploy uh, that's the aliens taking over there like you can't tell them people about us they'll fucking freak you know <laughs> they'll fucking freak i can't be class have we alien mate aliens are probably walking about among us in some sort of fucking cloaking device that makes them look like us for all we fucking know you could be an alien sean <laughs> fucking man in black could be true man in black could be true Holy what shit. You have opened up a can of worms. I'm not going to sleep at night. To the research to... machine. <laughs> but it, it's one of them things. I, I genuinely do believe that there is life out there. What life it is, I do not know. But uh, The know. only aliens I care about on planet Earth are them lovely crystals. Space Raiders. They're great. There's, there's no way that the solar system and then whatever the fuck that bigger system is, is that big and there's not other life, for, like, life forms in some way out there. That's just I'm still trying to get over the fact that we exist. I haven't got past that stage in my life yet. Oh my god, we exist without thinking about anybody else. See, like pe- people are like thinking about like um like it, it's hard to believe that like, aliens and stuff exist. You think about it, fucking humans didn't exist fucking how many years ago when there was dinosaurs roaming the earth? They believe that all right, but they won't believe there's an alien existing in a different fucking solar system. Ah, uh, but there's proof of dinosaurs and shit. Ah, fucking proof of life on other planets. It mightn't be fucking human life forms or like life forms like us, but there is proof of life on the likes of Mars and stuff mm. from from the like whatever the fucking rover axe or whatever the fuck you call them. <laughs> the rover. The old rover. Asavella sponsor to down today. Rover axe or fucking we Billy John, the robots flying about Mars or you know. We Billy John. <laughs> so there's there is proof of life on other planets. So just whether they're living, breathing. Like human form, or whether a plant, a plant that's still... there, there has, there's been water and all discovered in other plants. So, there is if, where there's water, there's life. Usually, it's not about to say, yeah. So, there has to be life out there somewhere. It's fuck, it sounds like a fucking stony episode here, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just I, I, I genuinely do believe there is life out there. Um, but each to their own, I suppose. Yeah, it's a matter of opinion until there's concrete, concrete proof, everybody's going to have a different opinion. That's it. Your fucking people still believe the flat or the fucking are flat for fuck's sake. You know what don't I mean? I, don't even get my start on them. Lots of coast. Right, so, Sean, what's your random news story of the week? I, I don't think it's really this week in general. It, it, it was more of like a it happened there a couple weeks ago, but I just I still think it's mad. 
So, like, uh, did you hear of the, the, the Battle of the Joshes? <laughs> Do you know what? This was actually below my news article. So, <laughs> the Battle of the Joshes, like, hundreds upon hundreds of Joshes flew from all over the States. I guess this is in the group paper from one part. These people flew far and wide from the States to meet up in a field with poo noodles to fight each other to see who was the greatest Josh. <laughs> No, no comment. And then I think in the end, they determined who the greatest Josh was through games of rock, paper, scissors. And I believe it was like a child that ended up winning. So, uh, was the noodle the noodle fight deemed too dangerous or too? I think the pool noodle fight just wasn't coming to conclusion because it wasn't a, a daily enough weapon to actually cause harm to knock people out to eliminate them. So they just <laughs> sort of went for the idea of uh, rock, paper, scissors. So it was all so people by... pay their all these Joshes. Uh, pay their hard-earned money to fly to a fl- to uh, an event to find out who the greatest Josh was that had a system in place that was floored from the start. Yep. So it was That's all started, America. It was all started by somebody Josh Swain, twenty-two, a student from um, Tuscan in Arizona. He got the ball rolling by messaging other people who shared his name on social media. After he chose a location at a random. A location at a random. That's very well written. Yeah. Um, hundreds of people showed up. Well, Sean, let's uh, be honest, the journalists are putting on stories like this are obviously just uh, there. Hundreds of people showed up at Air Parl in Lincoln, Nebraska for the event. Uh, Josh Swain from, uh, right by the change in where he's from now. Um, <laughs> so he, he beat the original Josh at a grueling and righteous bottle of rock, paper, scissors. In the subsequent pool noodle competition, which anyone with the first name Josh could enter, the victor was a five-year-old who was given a Burger King crown. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So a five-year-old was determined the, the, the greatest Josh. But I just think that's fucking amazing, the fact that all these people met up to battery each other with pool noodles. Oh, that is quite cool. Uh, waste of time and money. Yes, absolutely. Here. For somebody who's now called Josh, would have been great to witness. Yes, of course. I just said I was called Josh and answered just to bother people with a pool noodle. Like. Wouldn't take there to be a battle of the Sean's because we live in Ireland. There's a lot of what? Sean's. Fucked. Jazz. Battle of the Michaels. Uh, I listened to a podcast the other day, Sean. They were talking about like weird horror story things. And uh, considering, considering we're from Lurgan, I think what we should talk about. No, when you say horror stories, do you mean like. Well, not, not really like um, horror stories, like ghost, ghostly tales or tales of the unexpected, yada, yada, well, yada. I, I myself have. Um, been involved in a few paranormal um <laughs> paranormal issues like and activities you have yeah um when i was in wait whoa, whoa, whoa. we'll leave this towards the end okay right fair enough because i'm really interested and it's going to be one of them ones i'm just going to sit back and you have the floor and i just want to try and take it in uh anybody who i know we'll probably say it all the time because our guests always give us grief about it we're from Lurgan, and there is a paranormal story that um, is quite famous one. in our town. What one? If you care to venture a guess, Sean, it's probably the most Margie famous. Margie McCall. Margie McCall. Now, if anybody who doesn't know Margie McCall, I'm not going to read the whole story out. I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis of it. Now, people from outside Lurgan they sort of freak out when I when they read this story. I, is it freaky? Yeah, but like it's not really freaky to me anymore because... Many times over the years have we told this story, Sean, like, 
you hear it all the time. Like you hear from a young age, you know, it's it's just yeah. one of them stories that like you come to learn. You go to your cousin's house and you're you're about eight or nine years old and it's it's dark outside. And it's like, come on, we'll tell a few ghost stories. And your cousin's dad always came up and this was always the first one. Marjorie McCall was always one of the one of the ones told her. Yeah, and because because it was in, in the town, um, it made it even more relevant. So it was in the year 1705, I reckon. So uh, there was a lady called Margie McCall, and uh, she was married to a doctor. They lived in Church Place. Um, by, all, by all accounts, they were very happy. But then Marjorie fell ill, and her husband John was beside himself with worry. Uh, in the early 1700s, many illnesses were considered we consider minor today, it could have been fatal. And the fever was a great catch-all catch for many ailments. Uh, Marjorie succumbed to her bout of fever and was buried in the Shankill Church of Ireland Cemetery. Now, there's something I didn't know. I didn't know the Shankill Cemetery was the Church of Ireland one. There we go. No. Then again, it was a Protestant area back in the day. It's locked off as well. You can't get in there without a key, apparently, unless you sneak yeah. in. Uh, unless you're... Young fellas drinking on it, which happens nowadays. Graveyards, carryouts, mm. not my cup of tea. Like, uh, so that's where she was buried. She was hastily buried for her fear of the fever spreading. This sounds like early COVID burials. This, <coughs> uh, so um, everybody thought that would have been the end of Margie, but then she went on to become the most famous person in Lurgan. Uh, there was a commotion at the wake concerning a valuable ring that Marjorie was wearing. And many of the mourners in vain tried to prize it from her fingers. Uh, but they couldn't. Couldn't get it off. Couldn't get it off. Uh, grave diggers end up digging her up. The Grave robbers. I will grave grave digger. I yes, you're right. I'm I sit in front of me and it may say it's away. I'm reading off a wee small screen. I head. just know I just know the whole story off my heart. So yeah. So you you keep me right when my eyes go. Uh, so I see the spell the opportunity gave himself a bonus after the wake, which was traditional. An attempt to avoid premature burial, the family of the deceased will sit and watch over the body for a few days. Yada yada yada. That evening before the soil had time to settle, Marjorie's coffin and the grave robbers paid a visit. Working under the cover of darkness, they grappled in the dirt until yes, they grappled in the dirt until they reached her open coffin. True to the rumor, the ring was still in their finger. Before removing the body, they attempted to Purloin the valuable item. What does that mean? Tried to pull the, the ring off the finger, couldn't get it off the finger, so then they decided to whap the finger off. Yep. So they weren't able to allow such a prize to make its way to a surgeon's slab, so they cut off her finger. Yep. For the ring. As soon as blood was drawn, now dead people don't bleed. She drew blood and she woke up. The so basically what they're saying basically what happened is there, like just before you get on with the story. Um, obviously they didn't go through the whole grueling system that they go through now where they clean like cut the bodies up and clean the bodies out and like all that carry on or like it was Jack would do um, <laughs> so they, they didn't I'm guessing they didn't do that back then or maybe I think it was more the fear of the fever the fever right. so they, they didn't they didn't cut her out and clean her out and stitch up her lips and all that shit I think the correct uh, term is embalment isn't it I saw my god so they didn't do all that carry on so what the reckon is she was just in a, in a coma um and then obviously once once the blood the finger was cut and the blood flowed it woke her up for the trigger something yep so revived from her coma like state as Sean just mentioned uh or swoon as they called it uh she'd fallen into she said 
bolt upright, eyes wide, and wailed like a banshee. There are different reports of the fate of the body snatchers. One, one of them has apparently dropped dead on the spot from fright, and the other one says that they're both ran for their lives. That's the two stories. Uh, so then apparently Margie helped herself out of the ground and stumbled a short distance to her home. At home, her husband John was sitting with their children and relatives, uh, mourning her passing and toasting her journey to a better place when the door rapped three times. John, still with grief, exclaimed, if your mother was still alive, I'd swear that was her knock. Because right, she had the stink of knock, yeah. That's a real, that's a real hour thing. Everybody has yeah. a knock. Uh, except in my house, no, nobody knocks, everybody just walks in. Uh, knocking says, bring back knocking. Uh, I would make the rock door run a whole lot more interesting, wouldn't it, if people just open doors. Open door, walk in, then run. Uh, let's see. If your mother was alive, I still believe I was her knock. Sure enough, opening the door, John was confronted by his late wife. Just still dressed in a barrel clothes, dripping from her almost severed finger, very much alive. Currently, John's response is disputed, but most people agree that he dropped dead on the spot. I already had a heart attack. Didn't hear yeah. like just a heart attack. Uh, dropped dead on the spot. Marjorie alive relatively well, and John deader than Mar- Marjorie ever was. He was buried in the plot that she had recently vacated. Marjorie apparently went on to remarry and have several children, although it was rumored that she left the grave pregnant by an unspecified suitor. Oh. When she did finally die and returned to Shanko graveyard. Her grave tone stands still on its own and it bears the inscription lived once by twice. twice. Yep. So, and it's the famous story of Marjorie McCall for anybody who hasn't heard. Let's turn into a ghost story episode which is actually quite good. Something different, but random. Randomness. Uh, Marjorie McCall, the most famous woman in Lurgan. Well, then. My ma is the most famous now. <laughs> that woman with the two dogs. But um, it's, it's a mad-out story when you think about it, like just because of a favour that didn't go through with the whole normal... Um... It's not as far-fetched. Like, the, this, the things like this have happened. People have been thought dead, even in, in recent times. Not really here, but in other countries. Maybe they're a wee bit more poverty-stricken. People have you been th- very alive. You think of before when they just used to buy, buy people or like back in like Viking times when they used to burn them. No one ritual on boat. Aye. Uh, they used to burn them on a boat and push them out into the water. How many people yeah. maybe were burnt alive? Vegans is a great show. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it after this. But I, uh, it's mad. Like, but in regards like paranormal shit, like actual paranormal shit, like I, it's 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 real weird. Like, cause like when I was younger and stuff, there's a few stories. Like, so when I was younger, when we lived in where the fuck did I live on hell? I think it was at the time. Um, I. I had never met my granda on my dad's side. He was dead before I was born. Yeah. Um, and there was maybe one photo of him floating about the house. Like, but when you're young, you don't really pay attention to photos or anything. Um, but there was one night I was lying in my room. My ma said she heard me talking to somebody. Um, and she came in and she's like, what are you, who are you talking to? Or like, what are you doing? And I said, I pointed over to the corner and said, there's talking to a man sitting in the corner in the rocking chair. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, and I was like, I just... Andy, did you slip him magic mushrooms instead of copper ones? <laughs> so as, 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 and then my man was like, what's he look like? What's he look like? And all this here. So apparently I described Miranda to a T, like cat, like the wee cap he wore in the pipe and all, and the rocking chair, because he would have had a rocking chair and everything. Yeah. Apparently I described him to a T, and I would never have met this man or never have seen any 
any photos of him that I'd be able to describe him as well as I did. So my man said, like, I, I was sitting having a full-scale conversation with this man. I was in my room. That's, that's weird. Um, our Paul actually had a, a wee bit of paranormal experience before you go on to your next one. Uh, when he worked in Pats at home. Uh, he believes that he swore he saw this lady beside me. Really? Like, walking away from him. And it wasn't long after she died. Fuck. Uh, I'd say it would have been about 2013-14, maybe. He says he was just, like, in the stock room or something, and Pat's at home, and he turned around, and Morgani was walking away, and he, like, put his hand out. He even went and checked all the cameras and all to see if he could pick up on anything. He, it freaked him out a bit, like, but he said he wasn't... Right, it was wrong to say he was freaked out. It startled him, but uh, he didn't feel in fear because he knew it was her. And Paul's quite spiritual anyway. He's quite religious, so... But one of the weirdest ones of the lot is... Um... We went on, when I was in primary school, P6, P7, went on a school trip to Edinburgh um, with Argo Model. And we went, one of the thing, one of the activities was going to the Edinburgh vaults, underground Edinburgh, so it's like old Edinburgh. Like parts of Edinburgh is built on top of what old Edinburgh would have been. Yes. Um, so you go down these big steps into, like, into the city that it used to be. Um and like you take your round, go through all these rooms and different places and stuff. Um, but I think it was my second year going because I went in P6 and P7. So, like, my second year going, there was a fella like, that was with us that um, I think I think it's some sort of special age or something didn't want to go into one of the rooms. Did you go to Larga Model? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always done a Scotland trip, didn't they? Really? Yeah, yeah. So, there was one of the, the, the second year we went, there was a fella in my uh, class that had like some sort of special needs and he, he was getting a bit you know, scared and stuff and didn't want to go into one of the rooms and I was like well look sure I, I, I've I done this I was here last year um, I was like sure I'll, I'll stand out with him as well you know, I don't mind missing the story I've already heard it yeah and like, I, like when I was younger I, like, I did have a weird like paranormal sense to me and stuff and he was like I was standing there with Peter and uh, your father Peter and he was scared yeah, and I was like, you know what? I, I, I sort of understand why you don't want to go into that room because, like, when you were walking through the, the door, that I was like, this room doesn't feel right to me here. Like, you know, yeah, I was like, it just feels like something's wrong in that place. So, everybody else was in, he was telling the story and all. And, um, there was a photo took in that room, and obviously, I wasn't in the room because I was outside with the, the other fella, yeah. And, um, once the photos were developed of that, of that trip, um, that was took. In that room that I wasn't there, there was my head clear as day in the background of the photo, like above everybody else. What? Yeah, it's weird as fuck. Like, I was, uh, I, I was not in the room. But, but, but you were. But <laughs> what? It, it is weird. I don't even know if that photo still exists or what. Like, but it, it was mad because. I, I, I was like once they told me about it I was like I, I felt something off that day like I was like that wasn't right that didn't feel right to me no, that's, that's, a bit of, that's a bit weird that you've, you've been there before then this time around decided not to go in because the old guy was scared but you were still there I'm still there oh my god am I talking to you? oh my god this is scary who are you but like it, it is crazy like but like that that place, like when I was in that place, like 
I when I when I was at eight, I, I, I was I was walking about and I was like, you walked into certain rooms and you feel you just feel the presence of death. Yeah, you know, there's that many people like because obviously there was rooms and stuff for people when they were dead, like, like back then with the plague and shit. They were just fucked yeah. in the rooms and left there. Aye. And like you're walking through these parts and just it's weird. You literally feel death, like you know, like you can sense. Yeah, the, you know the the eeriness and and like Pete, what do you what do you GMP sex piece having? Uh, well, you go into first year eleven, so you're about nine or ten. No, I mean, like at that age, and I, I was feeling that sense of absolute fucking. It's death. like the time I went to the Crumlin Road jail, like all these oh, different, all the, all yeah. the different cells, and like we went there for a wrestling event, and then I went for a work night out. But when you actually go into like the cells, yeah, it's weird. And on the what do you call it, the execution room, you know, where yeah. the nurses, they're such a chill. It, it, it's just a feeling like no other. It, it's really, really weird. But like, I'd, love, I, I'd love to do that paranormal thing when COVID is done. Like, you get chased around Crumlin Road. I think I'll be quite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. think it, I think we should, we should uh, maybe, for a bit of content, get a GoPro and go that this year. What, but one of the things that I'd love to do is I'd love to go to um, one of them haunt, the concert tours you can do. You can go to them at Barton Castles. Yeah. And like, you can, you can choose the option where you can just go and do the tour and talk around it, or you can do, you can pay a bit extra and stay over. Aye. I think I'll be class because I. I do honestly feel that, like I, I, it's like there's some sort of connection there. When, like if there is a paranormal like thing, you will have a connection. Yeah. Like it, just with some of the things that I've experienced in the past, I feel like there's definitely some sort of way of connecting with the dead. Like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, 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 I used to love fortune tellers. Now, I, I'm, I'm a bit afraid of fortune tellers, right? Because I, in a sense, believe it. Yeah. But there was one story specifically that my mum told me about some woman who lived in Black Skull. Now, I, I will try and find her now. I know she's dead, but apparently she was like one of the best fortune tellers going. She told my ma that uh, she would have three sons. Uh, and she would rear them on her own and one would be quite sick, which would have been me when I was born. Uh, one would do well in school, I would be Paul. Oh. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, a friend of my ma's walked into the room late and she goes, you're going to have twins. She had twins. Now, th- this lady ha- sat down with a load of girls once and spoke. And I, don't know, just, I don't really know the whole inside of what she was telling people, but it was coming to the end of the session and the girl goes, are you going to do my fortune? And she handed her an envelope and says, open that when you get home. On the way home, she was in a car crash and died. And when the envelope was opened, it said no future in it. Now, now that freaked me out. I, oh. I don't think I obviously I'm going by your reaction there. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told you that one. No, uh, but that was one that's always made me fear going to a fortune teller. I would love to go to one myself just purely because I, I, I want to experience it and see what I'm told. Um, like a friend of mine, Kirsty, she's she goes them all the time, like she's done two or three, like and it's mad, like some of the stuff that she gets told. Um, but I just love the just to see what I'm told. But um, see, see, when people that go to these like mediums that are in a big room, mm-hmm. and there's a couple hundred people there, I think that's bullshit because I think unless you never seem to be sitting with somebody who gets picked, I think there's, al- I think there's people planted. I've also done um, an Ouija board before um, and had movement. Yeah, I um, wasn't there. No, it was actually. Um, in Neve's house, and uh, Neve's mum, 
Nate's mum got one, and um, she always she always wanted to open up in the house to do her. So we were there one night, and I goes fucking Aldi. I don't give a fuck, you know. Uh-huh. As like as like I I I believe in this shit. I will give this a go. Yeah. And so like you no, know, he's light the candles and all, and put the candles. So we put the candles in a circle around the board. Got the board out. Got is it, it like a pentagram? It. Is it? You you do it as. It- you just have you just you just have to put the can you just have to light candles around it. Right. So like we we were doing this for no more, Adam, and I mean no more than five minutes, right? Now I know they made tea light candles. You know how long they burn for? Yeah. You know, like just the wee small tea light ones. They don't burn quick. Yeah. Aye. Right. So we had done this. So obviously you have to keep your eyes closed. One person has to talk. I was you no know, dazzling at the talk and stuff. Um. So you keep your eyes closed to start, and then you can open your eyes and like watch the board and stuff. So next thing we were talking and the thing started moving and stuff. It was real creepy, like and so like in the end, stuff sort of finished up because things went a bit quiet. But see, once we stopped and turned the lights on, see every candle that was lit. Yeah, the wax was down to the bottom and the wax was out of the tea light metal holder and on the table. And then things like meant to look like. The, the, it's not as if I cut it. Like, Cotton got all the wax out of it. Adam. Every bit of yeah. wax had melted, and was most of them with the wax was on the table, or like a load of melted wax at the bottom. They don't melt that quick. Five mm. minutes. So it, it was real weird. Like, but I don't know. I enjoy it. Like, I, 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 oh, I don't know about the Ouija board, but as I said, if you go to them big mediums that are in a big room, I think there's people planted there. I don't, I no. don't think, I don't think, and then Facebook fortune tellers load of ballocks too, so they're going to take on. But I think the art of it's dying out because you don't hear many about now. Like, I reckon, like decent ones, Rick. I reckon if I went to somebody who does it, I could study it no bogs. You might have fucking like, like, I could tell you more stories about me and stuff like, but yeah, it's it's just one of them things where you either believe it or people go to you and now you're talking bullshit. Like, people listen to this, why we go, he's talking shit. Yeah. I'm not. I'm genuinely not. Like, it's, I totally believe in it purely because of my experiences. Yeah, uh, pe- people will say your experiences are bullshit, but you know what? If they don't believe it, that's fine. I know what I what I experienced. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah, I, I believe it. <coughs> I believe it in theory. I'm, uh, but I'm afraid to carry it out out in practice. If you know what yeah. I mean. So I, I believe that there is people out there who can predict the future to an extent, but I'm just too afraid of me being told about my future. I just want to take each day as it comes. Yeah, I think they're not allowed to tell you like anything, but like, I, I think there's something like the way they operate and stuff, fortune tellers, that the, like, they sort of av- say that they don't <coughs> go too obvious about it. Like, right, they might turn around and say you're going to have three sons, but they're not going to turn around and go, right, this is going to be their names, this is going to be their weight. I think it's sort of. It's not even that there. I don't think they're allowed to tell you about anything. If so you're like, going to die, like, specifically yeah, if you're going to die. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, it couldn't. It's like, I don't think they can directly say, right. Like your woman there obviously was she said she'd seen no future. She probably just didn't want to tell her that. Yeah. Wrote an envelope, but obviously if she's seen no future, it's because she fucking died in the way at home. Yeah. She, she never even opened the envelope. It wasn't she yeah. never even got to read that envelope. So so like she probably couldn't turn around and tell her, look, I think you're going to die. Yeah. Because she did. She's seen a blank future. Obviously she's thinking. Obviously your fortune teller probably knew herself that she was going to die. Then. Yeah. But she can't turn around and tell somebody. I think you're going to die. You know. That's just. Like, that's just madness. <laughs> you know that's a bit of a mind blower that one like isn't it I think I think there's something like within fortune tellers and mediums and whatnot. if they think that's going to happen they just don't tell you they leave that bit out uh, well uh, yeah yeah that's all part of the illusion and all too it's fuck for, for well no I, I think of 
I think I might bite the bullet someday and go to a fortune teller, but I'll go away. We'll do it. We'll do it together. Right, right. I'm, I'm right. I'm gonna commit this. We'll go to a fortune teller when it's we'll over. Go, we'll get it. We'll get. We'll, we'll do a big night and get like all our mates all to do it too. Aye, yeah. Aye. Because why not? I because I actually asked Kirsty about it. I was like, see when you're booking this, what details do they take off you? And the Kirsty was saying the only thing they know is whoever books it to know their their name and their mobile number just as a confirmation of a booking and they know who to contact they don't get told everybody else's name before they arrive I thought the person that was doing it I everybody else's name. On Facebook and all okay. I thought I genuinely thought that you had to give everybody's name before you you know you booked no and the only name they get is whoever books it and that's it so the host so this is actually the host yeah Jesus no it, it would be an interesting thing to do like uh Oh, I don't, I don't know. Your wee stories are freaking me out a bit. I've got a bit of a chill. I'm just waiting for Granny to come out of the wall and start saying, fuck up. But uh, I'm being serious. If you're, if you're ever talking to my mag, you know, ask her about the Edinburgh trip because she'll tell you the same story yeah. without me having to tell you. That's, that's mad. Uh, I, I, I find things like that are so baffling. Like, it, like even the, the paranormal activity movies, like, it's, it's weird as shit like that really happens. I know that I made it a bit OTT just for cinematic sake but yeah it's mad like, the things like that happen like like I, I sort of like I don't really have a fear of like graveyards and stuff like that because no obviously like I just like I, I just think ghosts can't harm you they're dead but I, it's like one of them things like my ma used to go like all these different graveyards and all you know like to take photos you know like my ma tried to catch like you no know, poltergeist and orbs and shit on camera yeah like my man or mate um, so they went to this this point of this real haunted graveyard somewhere um, it's so my man and her mate went where they went down to have a look at it and stuff. So me and my man's mate's husband went down behind them to try and scare them. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> right. So there was a grave dug. Just just a big hole in the ground. Dug. So there's obviously maybe a funeral the next day or whatever. Right. This I know this is bad of me of what I done, but I knew this would scare the fuck out of them. I. You on the way the grave, did you? On the way into the graveyard, I left a handful of stones, no off the ground, and right. put them in my pocket. I was like, because if I see them, I'm going to throw stones at the feet. So I was sitting there and like, as as hiding and all behind the tombs. Like, there, was this big, oh. there, there was this big tomb thing in it, like as the like I stand behind all looking for them. And the next thing I was fucking running. I near fell into the grave, never mind fucking getting into it. Because it's that dark. Yeah. And we, we had lights, obviously, but we didn't want to be shining our lights too much for them to cat, like, see us. Yeah. So once I near for the end of the grave, I was like, you know what? Because it, it must have been a full grave, because I could get uh, in and out of it easily. Because yeah. obviously a grave's what, like six, six foot? Six foot deep, yeah. I'm six foot, like, so, like, I got into it, and I, I was crouching on it. Yeah. To not be seen. So I don't know what, what like, there was no, nothing was in it, because there was no, there was no grave, there was no gravestone. Yeah, there was no, there was no probably just a grave there. that was dug ready for maybe for another next day. So but then there, was st- there would still be a stone. There would still be a gravestone. The gravestone would still be like no, there wouldn't be. There would have been something there to indicate that it was. It might have been a, just a fresh grave, I. Uh, so I was starting it anyway, and my man stuff walked past. I just started throwing stones, and they were like, <laughs> "You're <laughs> no freaking out, freaking like, out." I would fucking shit myself if anybody don't like me. Like, and you come to see me because I was in all black clothes with a with a black like pullover hat and a scarf like so you won the same like a night. fucking paramilitary you run about as literally like I was invisible yeah and like where I was 
I was invisible, just throwing these stones and stuff. Like, I started making noises and all. No freaking good crack. Like, I right, good crack for you. Not your poor man. <laughs> I thought I tortured my man. That was worse than I've, I've ever done on my man. That's mad. Uh, Sean, something popped into my head earlier that I want to bring up. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us the story about that movie you've done. Now, we touched on it on the podcast before. Wasted? Yeah. Right. You didn't really go into too depth into it. And I would so, I would like you to find it and put it on our socials because actually it's actually really, really hard to find. I, I, I was shocked I went to look for it the other day. It took me about ten minutes to find it. Uh Gandalf uh, heard it for me donkeys ago. Uh I'd I'd sort of like to watch it again. Um I, I don't even know how long ago that was. I was in St. Michael, so Well, put it this way, James McGill was still alive and he died yeah. in two thousand and thirteen. But it was St. Michael, which, so I, as in St. Michael, so I was either I was doing my GCSE, so what's what, fifth year? So I was yeah. fifth year. So what are you, fifth year? What's that, 15? Yeah, well, you're you're, uh, you're above me, weren't you? Uh, so I'd have been 15 then, wouldn't I? Aye, uh, something like that. And Ryan Daddy anyway. So we were we were recruited for a group um, called North, North Learning Young Leaders Project. Uh, it basically took, like, most, most of the group back then would have been considered, like, uh, like a high-risk a high group of like anti-social behavior and stuff like that and then I don't, I don't even know how the fuck I ended up getting drafted into it because back then obviously I was I was like a volunteer youth leader and everything so um I was like I was working in youth club volunteer in youth clubs Clonner and North Argon Community Centre and stuff I don't know how my name got put into it or how I got drafted in but it did um and then you always seem to get pulled into everything Sean don't you like I know I know um so I I, I was pulled in and um We've done we done loads of different stuff. Like I mean, some of the things we done with our group was like we we ran I think two community festivals. I got an internship for like like a week over at Arsenal with Ganda and Gary. Yeah. Um. You know, one one of the first things we done was this this movie project. And when we were told about it, we were like, "That's never going to come off." Let's be honest. A bunch of buck ages from Quilkey going to record a film. I just had a whole premiere and all for it, all this class. Fucking, you're fucking man. Your fucking Taoiseach Ireland at the time was down on it and everything. He Maybe was the premiere. Place, or was it? No, it was your fella. I can't remember his name. Fucking. And then you had fucking. I, 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 it might have been him. I, can't, I honestly yeah. can't remember who it was at the time. And then I think there was, there was a few. I'm not, there was a few members from like our, our like from Stormont as well was there at it and all. And there was a load of all big names. Yeah. But the. The file that was directing it has actually won awards. Like, like I don't know what awards the war, but he was a he was a high profile director in regards to like short films and like you no know them like indie films. Aye, he was a like, quite big in that sort of area. Yeah. Um. So it was real weird. So obviously we were all talking about it and the one to know what like what what went on in our area and shit like that. And obviously we were saying like drugs, alcohol, big issue without around the area. And then me being me, I was like, well, you know what? There's a lot of good things too. Like if the likes of the support and said things, it's a it's a town with a little rich GA history, which it is. Yes, a lot, a shitload of clubs and whatnot. So they end up incorporating the whole lot into one. Um, so it was about like drugs and alcohol abuse, and like how that can affect somebody who had like a lot of potential and stuff. Yeah. Um. So we were we were so shocked at it. Like we were so shocked about how it how it came about and actually doing it. Like working with like 
obviously when it was first going on, we were, we were involved in the writing side of things in regards to giving our opinions on like things we done and the talk what we said and put it into a script basically. Yeah. I, like faffed about with it, added it, made it a bit longer and whatnot. And then went through the process of like auditioning for roles and everything and all too. Um I ended up getting fucking shafted and being told, no, you're going to help out with the directing side of things. I was like, ah, fuck. I actually ended up being really good, really, really good experience. Um, got to learn about like camera angles and stuff and shooting scenes and setting scenes. Like you were, I, you were in a scene or two, I think. Or I was in, it. I was in quite a few scenes. I was like, I was three in a load of places of it, like and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was madness. It, it was, it was a fucking surreal experience. Like, like obviously even. Nobody had ever trusted you that much at that age. Yeah, give you the, give you that sort of like, like platform, the, the platform and power that you had yeah. then. It was mad because obviously everybody was like, "What's going on?" And stuff. And when you look at the group that we had, people were like, "What the fuck are they at?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, where are they doing this and stuff? Yeah. So it was real interesting, and obviously I didn't really like the group that would have been at the time. I didn't hang about with them more than I really knew them. Yeah. You know, I'd never have probably met half of them. If it wasn't for that, yeah, and they're still like, if I ever see any of them, I talk to them, you know, like you build, we build a good like sort of friendship throughout that whole project and stuff. Yeah, um, it was just is, a is this what really pursued to go and do youth work for your degree? Then it's it, part of it was like because obviously I was always interested in youth work because I was volunteering in the youth clubs before that even came along. Yeah, um, but when you see the power that, that I can have. Like, obviously, it pushed me to do my degree. But when I qualified for my degree, youth work, it was at an all-time low. Yeah. And I found it hard to get anything for a part-time job. When you've just finished uni, you can't suffice on a part-time. I, I couldn't suffice on a fucking 13-hour post. You know what I mean? No, no. So I ended up having it. I applied for a few full-time jobs, told I didn't have enough experience, yada, yada, yada. I was like, you know what? I just need to get into work. I need work. That's one thing that grabs me. See this. Uh, newly graduated people coming out of uni and then applying for jobs that they're qualified to do, and they're like, oh, you're not, you haven't had much experience. Yeah, who, where are these jobs is going to give people the experience? So it was, it was real strange. Like, but I would love to get back in youth work at some point, but like, I've applied for a few jobs while I've been in like full time work and stuff, and again, I'm told the same thing like, somebody with more experience gets a job over me, and I'm like, you know what, it, it's. <laughs> Where do you get the experience, or how am I ever going to get it? Because yeah. I, I, I can't go and volunteer. Like I tried to volunteer again recently, and I just I, I physically don't have the time to volunteer enough to get the experience I need. Because you have to fucking go and work a full time job at the same time. So oh, it's it's a bit of a catch twenty two. And as much as I would love to, like at some stage I'd love to get back into youth work, but I don't see it being until it comes a time where youth work is vulnerable again. Like yeah, like once once youth work youth work at some stage will probably hit it. Hit a point where they're like, shit, we need more youth workers. My degree will always stand by me. That's not going to change. I I do have a big, a lot of experience in, in youth work sector. Yeah. Um. So if it ever comes to the stage where there's a big push or a big drive for youth workers, my name's always going to go back in the hut because it yeah. is something that I really do enjoy. Um, well, you wouldn't have went to uni if you weren't passionate about it. Like, but food. it's one of them things where I've got a, I got a job now and like as much as as much as it's bad to say it's nine to five Monday to Friday job, youth work's not a nine to five Monday to Friday job. So yeah, it it will be hard to leave. The only way I'm leaving the job I'm in now for a youth work job is if it's a high up job with 
the potential to do what I want to do. Yeah. Like, like I think too, when I first started out, like I was, I was very specific in what I wanted to do with my degree. I didn't want to just jump into any youth work job. I wanted to jump into cross community. Yeah. That's that's why I I came through a load of cross community groups. I've been involved in loads of them yeah. as a young person and as a as a trainee youth leader. So you know, it was something that I was passionate about, and as you know yourself, it's it's something that needs sorted. And oh, I think right. so. It was something I wanted to do, and it was hard to get a job in that area because it's very specific, and there's not much funding in that area yeah. at the minute, like at the time. So it, it is what it is, and if, as I say, if it ever comes to the stage where the direct, there's a drive and a push and a need for more youth workers, my name will definitely go in that hat again. Because well, would you not think it bore through away? Maybe starting up like something like we're doing on a as a youth work basis maybe like zoom calls or just like off your own bat sort of thing i know it's not going to pay you but a, bit, a good way for you to use your degree to try and impart some of your wisdom on cross community sure. groups just like it's 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 hard because i can't do that without being affiliated with a with a club like you can't just go and do anything off your own bat everything has to go like it's it's everything has to be through insurance through that and I place checks um, and all, you know, like, like I've, like, like it's, it's, place checks and vatting checks are real weird. Like I, at one stage, when I was in university, so in one year, obviously I volunteered with North Lurgan Community Centre and Clan Aaron. Yeah, uh, I was paid by Clan Aaron a few times for a few different roles within there, um, but I had to get a place check for university itself because it was doing a youth work degree. The, the, the university had to know you have no no offences and stuff yeah and then when I was going on placement with the university I had to get another place check for the placement because yeah. the where I was going on placement needed one and then with me being in Clan Iron Clan Iron needed one and then with me being North North Oregon Community Centre they needed one so in one year I had four of them done when they all tell the same thing yeah it just shows you how how, how strict it is you know well my degree is I got I find it very easy to get work. I'm a professional uh, stuff shack stuff stuff <laughs> shelf stacker. So uh Sean, that was a very, very interesting episode. We went off on a lot of tangents there. It's just amazing what uh just not planning anything can do. Like I'm talking shout the ghost stories, the real talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh well, I suppose we may I suppose we may leave it there with times it's I hope I'm going on for about an hour now. Ah, it's about uh, an hour. We're gonna obviously keep keep looking at maybe person or product. Uh obviously things starting to open up. Yes, we'll keep asking at the lip sync battle. Uh but, just because things are opening up though, that's not an easy thing because yeah, crowd control and shit uh, it'll be I reckon I don't think it'll happen this year. I think we'll even be lucky to get it. I'd say you're talking summer next year before that leaving get a chance yeah purely because once places open up they'll want to get all their own things out of the road yeah like obviously everywhere will have their own like places want to run gigs and stuff and have bands they're all want to get that all done before they start letting we'll see, we'll, us book it. <laughs> but we'll see how things go but it is happening it's it's uh, we're, we're not backing down from it once we get the chance we're going for it but i just i don't i don't i wouldn't want it to happen this year anyway because it'd be too too much of a rush yeah. In regards to like planning and getting everything done right. So yeah. I reckon it'll be next year at some stage. Um, but it's it's not something that we're we're going to forget about. No. Because we've been talking about it for fucking two years. Yeah. 
No, but we will get there in the end. Uh, right, I think we'll leave it there, Sean, because I am going to shit myself. Nice. Mainly because it was, it's obviously my dinner is about to leave me, and these paranormal stories are making me quake in <laughs> one's boots. So uh, join us again, maybe during the week, we might do another bonus one, you never know. Uh, no, 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 it's just off the cuff. Uh, so I've been Adam. I've done it again. Uh, he's been Sean. He's been Adam. <laughs> I'm going to speak to you all ASAP. <gasps> Fuck my life.